from the pen of the late Ennio Morricone, Deborah's theme from the film Once Upon a Time in America. Well, technology is holding up for us, and a uh, pleasure, as always, to welcome Andy on the telephone line. Hello, sir. Are you uh, Hello, keeping well? <laughs> I'm very well indeed, thank you, and a pleasure uh, to be back again. Right. Tell us what's uh, the dilemma this time, Andy. Well, Ian, today we have a question from a Mr Clay of Potter's Bar, and um, his question actually revolves around Hammond organs. And uh, his question says here, why has the Hammond sound become so revered? Um, he says, I like the sound of Hammond organs when I hear them played, but I don't want to see why they seem to be held in such high regard. Well, it's an interesting question, actually. And, uh, and of course, Hammond organs are one of, if not the most famous name in the world of organs or electronic organs, for sure. Um, why why the name has become so famous? Um, first, we're going to do a little brief history lesson. And um, the Hammond Organ Company actually dates all the way back to 1935, uh, when it was actually founded by, yes, indeed, there was a Mr. Hammond. His name was Lawrence Hammond, and he had a partner called John Hannert. Um, but Mr. Hammond, um, interestingly enough, wasn't a musician at all. Uh, Mr. Hammond was a clockmaker. Uh, and I, I don't know how and why this came about. Uh, and indeed, don't ask me any technical questions because I can't answer those either. But for some reason, Mr. Hammond discovered that the sort of wheels that he was using in building clocks um, could and was capable of creating a sound. And he invented a system uh, which is called tone wheels. This is very important in the Hammond story called tone wheels, um, where if these tone wheels were made to spin uh, and placed near a, an electromagnetic um, source, they could actually create a very pure sine wave flute organ type of sound. So this goes all the way back, as I say, to 1935. And this term tone wheel is very, very important in the history of Hammond organs. And um, production began in 1935, um, and all of the instruments that were produced in those days and for many years afterwards used this unique system of tone wheel um, generation of sound. And that's actually uh, what gives a Hammond a very, very distinctive sound. They also had some other unique features, uh, and that was uh, the invention of draw bars. Draw bars are a huge topic all on their own, but I'll just touch on them very briefly. Um, draw bars are a way of manipulating sounds across different across different pitches. So draw bars tend to be a full set of nine draw bars, which is what Hammond invented, um, goes from 16 foot through to one foot, and you can pull in and pull out sliders uh, which are simply volume controls. So you can you can set the 16 foot, which is a lower pitch, to full volume, and then you can set an eight foot pitch, which is actually constant standard pitch, at half volume, and then you can have a two foot draw bar at just a quarter of that volume, and you can create hundreds of different. Well, in fact, technically, it's millions of different flute organ sounds by manipulating a set of draw bars. So they were two key components of the early days of Hammond organs, 
cone wheels and draw bars. And um, I, I think if we look back in the history, of course, at the time in 1935, there wasn't a home organ market at all. It didn't exist. And um, of course, Hammond was invented uh, uh, in America. It was an American um, company and it was used primarily in churches. So that was the that was the market for Hammond organs. Pipe organs, real pipe organs are magnificent instruments, but of course cost a fortune to maintain uh, and um, many instruments fall into disrepair and can't be used. And the Hammond organ fitted into the replacement uh, of a pipe organ. And um, very quickly, they were selling lots of instruments into that world in America. And indeed, even today, um, Hammond organs are still extensively used, particularly in gospel churches, which is very, very popular in America. There's lots of different gospel churches and lots of them use Hammond organs still, even today. But it's interesting to watch. If you look on YouTube and put in gospel organ in America, you'll find some fantastic players and they're all playing old tone wheel Hammonds for that unique sound that they gave. More of that in just a moment. Um, actually, by, 19, by the 1960s, it's estimated that something like 50,000 churches across America have got a Hammond organ installed inside, which is unbelievable, really. It's, it's incredible. But, of course, um, something happens which unfortunately befalls us all, and that is cost. And tone wheel uh, production became very expensive. Actually, something I should just mention before I get to, to this, this stage is um, lots of Hammond organs didn't have built-in speakers. And um, Hammond used to produce uh, their own speakers, separate speakers. So they were very large boxes. Probably the most famous Hammond speaker was called a PR40. Um, which was very nice. It was sort of Hammond, in, sort of fully compatible with the Hammond instruments. But there was another major development, which was a gentleman called Don Leslie invented Leslie speakers, which were a uh, at the time a first of rotating speakers, speakers that literally spun round, either at a very slow speed or a very fast speed. And when you added a tone wheel Hammond to a Leslie speaker, that was the definitive Hammond organ sound. And that's what became very famous. And through the 60s, lots of pop bands started using them. One of the most famous recordings featuring a Hammond organ was, of course, A Whiter Shade of Pale by a Procol Harum. Um, but many, many pop groups were using Hammond organs tone wheel instruments through a Leslie speaker and they became quite famous, very famous. In fact, built sort of an image of being the Rolls Royce of organs. Um, there is a, a, another interesting element here for the home player. These days we think of instruments as being orchestral instruments. You can make string sounds, piano sounds, vibraphone sounds, trumpet sounds, big band sounds, all sorts of things out of today's instruments. But actually, a tone wheel Hammond only made a tone wheel Hammond organ sound. That's all it did. You had lots of variations, 
lots of very nice flute sounds and organ sounds, but you didn't have a piano voice. You didn't have a trumpet voice or a string voice or any, anything else. They were just those organ-type sounds. Um, in America, as I mentioned, lots of church using them. But over in Europe here, uh, we, we developed some very well-known players who were using this sound, probably the most famous of which was Klaus Wunderlich, the German virtuoso. He used Hammond on a lot of his earlier recordings. He became very famous as a Hammond player. And people like George Blackmore and Keith Beckingham, Daryl Bryan, Rodwell, etc., all were very, very good playing a playing a Homewell Hammond. Fantastic. As I mentioned, though, as time passed, the production of tone wheel instruments became very expensive. And unfortunately, the last tone wheel models, which was the T series, um, ended production back in 1975. And at that time, Hammond switched over from using tone wheels to using just standard integrated circuits like all the other manufacturers at the time. I mean, there was lots of different manufacturers in the 70s and 80s, and they were just making all very nice organ sounds using integrated circuits. And Hammond, in a way, at that point, lost its edge, and the tone wheel sound disappeared, and the integrated circuit came into being. And unfortunately, from Hammond's perspective, these weren't as popular as the tone wheel instruments. And this led, sadly, to the demise of the company, um, the original Hammond Company, uh, which actually um, finished, closed down in 1985. That was when the original Hammond Company ended. And um, then the name was, was actually purchased by Hammond Organ Company of Australia. They only held it for three years, didn't really do much to it, in a little bit of no man's land. And then it was taken over by Hammond Suzuki, who are still the owners of the Hammond name now. And Hammond Suzuki have actually evolved quite interestingly. They, 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 came, they came through perhaps the harder times at the beginning of that when they were making integrated circuit instruments. Perhaps to more recent times, more modern times, when Hammond Suzuki very cleverly started using sampling technology to recreate the tone wheel sound that um, the original instruments had. And um, I think that is now, if you like, the renaissance of Hammond instruments has come about because of that, uh, because they now sound more like the original tone wheels um, because they're using sampling technology of those original instruments. So Hammond instruments now have evolved. They sound more like the tone wheels of old, Frankly, they never sound exactly the same as the tone wheels of old. Um, they also have become more orchestral. So the latest instruments do have a piano button and string sounds and brass and woodwind sounds, etc., etc., etc. So um, Hammond have had quite a quite a sort of period of turmoil, I suppose, in those in those sort of 80s and 90s and perhaps the early 2000s. But I have every respect for Hammond Suzuki of now, if you like, re, relaunched, rebirthed the brand uh, to be more like its original, original self and um, all strength to them. But I must say the, um, uh, the thing about um, the Hammond instruments or any instrument, doesn't matter whether you're talking about Yamaha instruments or Korg instruments or anything, 
it depends what sound you like. Mm-hmm. And if you, Mr. Clay, like the sound of a hammered organ, there is um, there is no reason uh, why you shouldn't have one. If you don't like the sound of a hammer of a hammered organ, have something else. It just depends what you like. But really, when when people talk about the original Hammond sound, they're talking about instruments of many years ago, before 1975, when they were produced using tone wheel um, sound generation. And um, of course, Hammond became very famous in certain circles like jazz organ circles. Jimmy Smith made the made the instrument very uh, very well known again in the jazz organ sort of uh, genre that that area. Um, so yeah, it's it's a unique brand of instruments which actually went through a period of the Rolls Royce of organs was a Hammond at that particular time, but. Listen to the different instruments. If you like the sound of this instrument as opposed to that instrument, go for the instrument that you like the sound of. That's that's really your choice. So I hope that's interesting. A little bit of a bit of background to the Hammond organ uh, sort of uh, company. And um, yeah, I, I love Hammond organs, but I love tone wheel Hammonds. That's my uh, that's my <laughs> real love. And I'm sure, uh, as you say, you, uh, Mr. Clay, and I consider Hammonds to be, a, as Mr. Clay said in the, the outset, a wonderful, distinctive sound. Uh, it, and it's still, you know, whenever the ordinary man or woman in the street hears the word organ, they think of either the church pipes, the theatre organ, or the working men's club, dare I say, the Hammond organ sound. It's a, a huge legacy. And still, and as you it, say, remains popular. Interesting, interesting you say that, Ian, because, of course, the, the Working Men's Club uh, was another very, very sort of famous use mm-hmm. of Hammond organs. And, and many Hammond organs was, were sold into Working Men's Clubs simply because they were Hammonds. Yes. Uh, people just went along to buy an organ and all the other clubs had Hammonds, so we'll have a Hammond. <laughs> and um, it, was, uh, it was a very, very interesting time. Very interesting time. Andy, thank you for relaying and reminding everybody of the, the wonderful story of Hammond. It's, uh, it is it's unique and uh, certainly uh, well worth listening to from, from time to time. And uh, I know Mr Clay will have found that absolutely fascinating, as will all our listeners, of course, Andy. Thank you for, for doing the research and uh, uh, we look forward to chatting with you very soon again. Ian, it's a great pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much indeed.